Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I do want to talk about this new research from Digital Insights that's out today because they found that almost one in 10 people are now using chat GPT for work and it's the high income earners apparently that are twice as likely to use uh, chat GPT for work purposes versus the rest of the population. So I want to know, have you embraced it? In what way are you using it? I was talking to somebody at the weekend who has used it for the first time to write a wedding speech. So let me know, how do you use chat GPT? Uh, Owen Thomas McDermott is the Managing Director of the Communications Clinic. Owen is with us on the line. Is AI in work something to be embraced or feared, Owen? Yeah, I think it could be a bit of both, Andrea, really. It depends on where you are, as in what is your role, and will it enhance your role, or will it remove and erase your role? That's really the challenge. I wasn't surprised by seeing that piece of research. In fact, I was a little surprised that it was only one in ten. I I expected it to be a little bit more. For example, if you look at a lot of the corporate lawyers, a lot of the large accountancy firms, many of them are beginning to embrace it. So, for example, the former managing partner of PwC here in Ireland, Fergal O'Rourke, described it as a game changer, that it was going to make things quicker, faster, smarter, and that there were things that more junior staff were doing that ChatGPT could do, that it could develop, for example, a summary of Irish R&D tax credits in the blink of an eye, where it might have taken a more junior staff member a longer time to develop that. If you look again in the UK, the Financial Times have been explaining that law firms are beginning to use it because it is speeding up work. And that is something, again, that we're seeing in Irish law firms as well, that many of them are using it for the, the introductory level, the base level, the amount of uh, to do that research for it. And we're beginning also, and we can see it happening in journalism as well, where we saw the Limelight Leader recently printed an article, Generated by AI. We know that the Irish Times found themselves in controversy back in May, where there was an article published by AI. So there are these moments where we are seeing it, and there are certainly uh, more and more professions are doing it. But then there can be also challenges for example, in things like contact centres where you ring up an organisation to find out about your insurance policy or you ring up your bank. But these contact centres now are beginning to use things like ChatGPT or generative AI. But the, the really what, what, what's exciting in some ways or frightening in other ways is that the, the generative AI can learn and can enhance And so these organizations are able to upload policies, upload procedures that the human would have had to know. The the AI knows it now. It can be taught tone of voice and then it can engage with the customer in a way that the customer feels it's a human, but it's not. So to answer your question in in a couple of more words, it's exciting, but it's frightening and it depends on where you're at. Mm. I I just mentioned to Pat a little earlier, Owen, that I I downloaded um, ChatGPT earlier this morning just to get a sense of, I mean, how it works purely for the purposes of the discussion today. Um, But, you know, very simply, you can put in, write an introduction introductory script to a radio programme at lunchtime. Now, the way it interpreted that was that I was looking for the intro to the show as myself and talking to a chef because I was talking about a programme at lunchtime. So I suppose there's some limitations, but I assume with, you know, a small amount of time that'll be ironed out. 
Oh yeah, and it's being ironed out. The secret is if you can get the prompt right. If you can get the prompt right, it can then generate real, really effective things and it can do it very quickly. So for example, if you look at the communications business, which I would obviously be familiar with, it can generate uh, press, the likes of things like press releases very quickly. What that can then give you is, for example, 300 words in the space of 10 seconds. The executive then can work on it and enhance it and improve it. Or if you look at the example you mentioned there of someone getting their wedding speech written. And you'd say, how in the name of God would anybody be able to write a wedding speech for me? Well, what that actually can give you is a base where it hits all of the key markers. It mentions the mother of the bride, the father of the bride. The bridesmaids look great. Yeah, and then you tailor it and enhance it. Now, people might say that's a bit impersonal. Yeah. But if the editing can be done well, it can improve it. So that's where uh, where it is it is certainly something that can enhance. It does throw up, though, huge questions for organisations and individuals in terms of what are the skills I'm going to need to have to be effective in the workplace. So if you go to like law or accountancy or journalism, people would have said writing skills would have been a key skill. But then you're coming up and saying, well, if it's able to cough up 300 words of pretty good stuff in five seconds, what skill do I now need? So you then you'd argue what you need is brilliant writing skills, but that you're able to do it really quickly. I think as well, relationship building skills is going to need to be something that everybody begins to look at in their roles because there is certainly the human to human difference that we can bring to an offering that the human to AI can't do. But I do think for schools, for universities, for industries, and then obviously for ourselves as individuals, we do need to think about the skills we're going to need to have for the workplace of the future. Mm, I still think, though, there's something terribly impersonal about it, Owen. Oh, gosh, yeah, totally. There, 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 there is that. Um, but then when you look at it for the organisations, they will, like if you take, for example, large banks who feel they can integrate this into their customer service, you'd say it's totally impersonal, but they would make the call, for example, to say, do you know what, does it really matter on some of these basic introductions that I'm trying to have or basic interactions that I can have, and I can have the AI do as good as a human? Yes, this is totally impersonal. Yes, you would say, God save us, is that where we're at but they'd look at it and say the computer is as effective and it is cheaper or the AI is as effective Mm. and it is cheaper uh, than a human can be. Mary Rose is on the line as well. You work Mary Rose in the area of digital marketing consultancy. Um, What's your view on on chat GPT and how do you use it or do you use it? Oh my God, I totally use it, Andrea. It is, um, it's the most exciting thing that's happened in marketing since pretty much, uh, the invention of the dawn of time, I would say. Um, I, uh, I'm quite interested in that research that came out as well, because apart from the fact that Owen mentioned about that, you know, there's a smallish number of frequent users, um, it said that most of the users are younger males. Yeah. And, that I thought was quite interesting because I've been running training for marketing people and business owners in how to get on board and and do really good prompts and so on. And it's mainly older females that are attending my courses that are totally switched on to the need to upskill. They don't want to get left behind. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically... Well, just actually, I should... I should me- yeah, ju- just to, to mention to people today the um, the findings from Digital Insights, there was two mm. things I thought were interesting. Number one, it's high income earners that are twice yeah. as likely to embrace using ChatGPT. And it's also, it's um, it's young men. Men yeah. far outweigh women in terms of using it, and it's particularly the eighteen to twenty-four year olds. So it's young, young professionals. That's, who do, that's yeah, who do exactly. It. But 
But it's funny, we all thought that, you know, artificial intelligence was going to kind of remove all the blue collar jobs. But, you know, it has actually fundamentally and radically changed white collar marketing jobs, graphic design jobs, computer coding jobs radically in the first, what, seven months of this year. Um, And that's what I've been doing an awful lot of this year is like I'm helping marketers and business owners to get on board and start using it and, you know, create really good prompts. And it's kind of moved beyond just the good prompts now. And we're kind of moving more into this exciting space of like multimodal where, you know, on um, on Bard now, which is the Google ch- version of ChatGPT, you can upload images now and it can read your images and convert them into text. So, for example, if you're doing your expenses, you can now take a picture of a receipt, you can upload it to Bard, you can tell Bard this is a receipt and then you can just write a a simple prompt to get it to create uh, a sort of a summary spreadsheet of all of your expenses. So, you know, expenses are going to be something that will take like, what, 15, 20 minutes now instead Mm. of hours and hours at the end of the month. It's funny, Mary Rose. Like I, you know, you 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 sell it well, but I'm, I just don't feel that excited about it. Well, I actually think that you would make a fantastic addition to the course that I'm doing starting in September. You could be the celebrity guest who's kind of critical of it all. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the price that is you right. will come out of it. Yeah, you'll drink the Kool-Aid and you'll come away thinking about the benefits of it all. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I like, I was told, as I said, I was talking to somebody at the weekend who mentioned, because I just asked, was asking people, do you use chat GPT and how do you use it? And one yeah. of them told talked about um, their first engagement with it was purely for a wedding speech. And somebody else mentioned that they they were using it for the first time because they actually have to... um preside over they have to do with civils or they're marrying their friend basically and they're not yeah. a celebrant and you know where do you start you've never done something like this before straight on to chat GPT yeah. and got us wedding kind of, how to marry someone I would call that's how I, that's what I would call all the kind of fun uses of it. Um, here's an example. Um, for example, somebody I know had a blood test back from the GP and they were worrying about uh, whether they were perimenopausal or not. And you know yourself with the doctor, it's like you can either pay the 60 quid to go in and have the conversation or you get the call from the secretary saying your blood test results are fine, but you're not getting any information. Mm. So this person requested the blood test results to be sent to them and they uploaded them into ChatGPT and they started asking the questions saying, is this person perimenopausal? Do you see any abnormalities in these blood test results? And they got amazing answers, really good peace of mind and went away with their life going, okay, now I know what's going on. And they had more kind of fully informed information than they would have got just from the, the you know, the five minute call from a busy secretary in the GP office saying, yeah, your, your blood test results are fine. But how do you know it's accurate? I don't want to be overly, yeah, sceptical about it. Well, but... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, you can kind of dig deeper. Like what I always say to people is that a large part of the kind of results you get is dependent on the, the, the quality of the prompt you put in. But you also need to be aware of this thing called um, hallucination. So... If you ask it a question and it actually doesn't know the answer, it'll give you the most confident sounding answer. So you have to be aware of the right answers to know, you know, whether something's mm-hmm. going wrong. So classic case of this was uh, around in May, um, there was a judge in the States who got really annoyed because um, there was a case being put forward and there were six cases 
or six kind of sightings of references that the solicitor had or the lawyer had found in chat GPT that were actually all incorrect. So this made a blanket ban on you are not allowed to use chat GPT in preparing a case and now all the lawyers have to sign a thing to say that they haven't. But it's interesting what Owen was saying about the use of ChatGPT with law firms and financial and so on. I can confirm that I've delivered uh, training for two of Dublin's top law firms in how to use ChatGPT, and and they're all using it and they're loving it. And mm. this was like to the marketing departments. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. I'm finding that a lot of the kind of traditional kind of financial services, um, recruitment, law, they are all being the most early adopters. Okay. Well, actually, that's what the research suggests in, in terms of, I suppose, in many respects, income, talking about, yeah, 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 high income earners. Suzanne is on yeah. the line as well. Um, Suzanne, have you used, or how do you use chat GPT? Hi, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Lovely to chat again. Yeah. No, it's very interesting listening to everybody. I used, I started using chat about six weeks ago. I was like you, Andrea. No way, no way. Somebody gave me the link and I was totally against it. But I was creating copies for my website. And I was sitting down for two days with a blank laptop going, how do I start about me? How do I start my homepage? And then I went in um, and I found um, I, I was fascinating. Now, the one thing I will say, it's very generic. It's brilliant for framing paragraphs and stuff, but you do have to tweak it yourself to make it personalized. And you wouldn't, for me, I didn't use it all, but it does, if you are looking at a blank screen, and you're looking for how to start, it gives you great start points and end points, and then you can mix it up in the middle. But, but then I became obsessed with it, and the more you put in, the more you get. And at one point, I put in something about, I don't know, feelings or emotions, and I thought it was really funny. The reply I got back was, you know I'm just a robot. You know I don't <laughs> have feelings like humans. <laughs> and that kind of told me that, you know, it was literally coming back to me to say, no, you're asking me something that I don't know about. Yeah. But, but I'd like you, Andrea, I was, but, I mean, what I would suggest to people, look at the, the you know, put in the link, uh, test it, put in different things. It is fascinating, but I don't think it's a one, um, I, I don't think it's a one size fits all. That's my, you know, that's my take, but I'm not against it. But I enjoyed using it, mm. but I wouldn't use it. I, like, I don't think it's cast in stone that I would use AI forever. What about you, Farzine? Do you use chat GPT for work purposes? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually. Uh, I, I've been using it since three, four months ago. And the way it happens, actually, one of my younger colleagues introduced it to me. And I was very dubious about it. I said, oh, here we go again. Another type of new um, tools. But until he told me that this is going to replace Google search, and that intrigued me. And since then, I've been using it, and I, I really find it extremely helpful. But no, what, one thing I have to qualify, most of your listeners, the way um, emphasizing on the perhaps decision-making engine part of it, which I don't use it because, as you said yourself, I, I can't trust it. But the way I use it is I use it as an actually a tool. And by, by trade, I'm an engineer. So like any other software, you have to put the input and you have to be very, very careful what input you put and what you call it a pump. So it, it is very important. And then you set up your expectations, you set up the limitations, but it all depends on your basis uh, and what you put in. And then you ex- what, what you expect from it, you get it. You get back, but it's still, I think I have to work on it. Um, I refine it. But 
it will save me time compared to mm. what things I'm using as a contract manager. I do lots of correspondence, lots of corrections, responses, and all this. But I found it very, very helpful. So it's 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 fine nearly as long as you know the answer. You know that you're that you're like that you're aware of what the answer should be before you put in the prompt to see what you get. Basically, you have to know what you're exactly. talking about. Exactly, as I said, I don't. I haven't used it in the, to the extent of making decision for me. I'm using it instead just as a tool, save me time and give me some perhaps better phrases, better terms, or just some. But I, I still have to direct it to the thoughts I have. Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't use it for anything other than that for now. Who knows the future? But from that point of view, I found it extremely helpful and, as I say, time-saving. Some of the texts in from people as well, uh, Farzine, on this. This listener says, I, ha- I have used chat uh, GPT. Mixed opinions on it. I am a little bit nervous about it as well. Another texter, I used it for the crack to write poems, etc. Wouldn't trust it for something more serious. This listener, chat GPT is the best news for lazy people. All creativity will disappear. Um, please warn people not to ask chat GPT for medical advice or legal advice. It's only designed to return grammatically correct text not correct meanings. Another listener, um, I used it to write a beautiful note to my 16-year-old Terrier who passed away. Amazing. Uh, Another listener, yeah, we saw the announcement in Accenture with job losses. This is the very real effect of ChatGPT and other similar products, according to this listener on email today. Um, I've no doubt, Mary Rose, like as time goes on, I mean, we're all going to be using it, aren't we? Yeah, Andrew, can I just say, though, in relation to the job losses, and there's a very real fear out there that people have that, you know, oh, my God, ChatGPT is going to take my job. ChatGPT is going to remove tasks. It's not going to fully remove jobs just yet. So like that gentleman who's the engineer was saying about he uses it for, for, for tasks. I use it for tasks. So, for example, um, you know, uploading a list and saying, remove all the commas and format these so I can upload them into Google Ads. Boom, it's done in a second. If you had to sit down and do that by hand, it's just a tedious task that you have to do. So we all think about all the tedious tasks that we have in our jobs. And now you have this brilliant tool that's pretty much free that you can use to do those tasks and then free you up to do more interesting human thinking instead. So I wouldn't blame ChatGPT on the AI job losses and I wouldn't be fearful about you losing your job. I think that the kind of the meme that's going around is that you know, marketers aren't going to be replaced by ChatGPT, but marketers will be replaced by marketers using ChatGPT. Mm, okay. Listen, I, I want to hear from other people today. How do you, you use ChatGPT? As I said, the research today, one in ten of us are using it now solely for work purposes on a frequent basis. And maybe, I mean, you've used it just to try it out for the crack. Whatever the reason, let me know. The WhatsApp's 87 106. We're talking about new research today from Digital Insights. One in ten of us are now using chat GPT for work purposes on a regular basis. And I've just been asking you today to share your experience of it. Do you currently use it? How do you use it? Uh, and for as well, what type of purposes are you using chat GPT? It's 87 106. That's the WhatsApp number. David is on the line. David, have you started to use it? I have, yes. Um, it, it's a useful tool. For what purposes? 
Uh, well, I'm a lawyer, and separately, I, I, not separately, but as part of my job, I give generally privacy advice. So I'm aware of it kind of from a regulatory point of view uh, in terms of, you know, <laughs> how it has to be regulated. But just as a practical user of it, um, I find it very useful. Um, the main thing to understand, I think, is that what you're getting is a tool that provides assistance. Um, if you think that you can put something into chat, GPT and then what comes out is guaranteed to be correct uh, in terms of the information, never mind in terms of formatting or anything else. Uh, you know, that's a very dangerous thing. I think that if you're a, if you are a subject expert in what you're using chat GPT for, it's very useful because you can ask it to do something where you know the general parameters and you know what you're doing, mm. uh, but it just takes a lot of time out of the work. If, if, if I, as a, a lawyer, was to ask about something about scoliosis surgery, um, I couldn't trust the answer, obviously. Um, but uh, as a lawyer, if I look at it and, and if I understand the subject matter and if there's anything that I'm not sure of, it, you know, in my own head, completely sure of, then, then I will check it. Um, so as, as, as a tool, knowing that some of the information can be wrong and some of it can be imprecise, once you understand its limitations, uh, it is very good at putting together sentences. Essentially, it's a writing tool, really. Um, but it adds in, you know, it's a writing tool that can gather research for you. Uh, the quality of that research is only really, uh, it's determined by the quality of the information that has been trained on. You know, yeah. there's plenty of wrong information on the internet, so therefore there's plenty of wrong information on ChatGPT. But once you know the information area, then you're in a position to say, well, yes, 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 no, uh, and then obviously you edit, uh, uh, review, etc. I mean, clearly you wouldn't send it out without <laughs> yeah. performing it. So, performing an initial piece of work for you. It's taken, it's taken the hard work out of the initial stage when you're staring at a blank page. Yeah. That, 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 I'm interested in how um, solicitors and those in the legal profession are embracing it because quite a few of the texts actually in that are there during the, the ad break uh, for pe- for, are from people who say they're in the legal world um, and they are very much embracing chat GPT at the moment. So does that mean if I go in, David, to you for consultation about whatever it is, uh, conveyancing or something, that most likely the letter that I'll get back that might have traditionally have been dictated, you know, by you and secretary or somebody um, types it up. That, is that now effectively what's coming out? But somebody in the legal world, their eyes will have glanced over it. Read over no, I, I don't think we're at that point yet, certainly not for me. Um, you know, if I'm writing to you, it's about a very specific issue that you have. Um, you're not getting a generalized piece of information that you could extract from the internet, no matter how, no matter how long ChatGPT is trained on our stairs at the internet, it's not going to get the precise answer to your precise question allied to the knowledge and experience that I have from 30 years as a lawyer. So no, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you ask me a particular piece of information, if you ask me to draft a policy in an area which is relatively general, I may ask ChatGPT to do the first draft of it. I may then correct ChatGPT and say, do that for Ireland. I then may take what GPT has done, use my knowledge and I won't say butcher it but I'll certainly make a lot of modifications to it so that I'm confident that what I'm outputting is quality work. Um, it's certainly not a, you know, it chat GPT is an mm. aid. I don't think we're at the point where we, we are going to be like you know Scotty and Star Trek saying write me a letter to Mrs. Jones telling her about her probate. I don't think we're, we're nowhere near that point. It may come, yeah, it probably mm. will come 
we're not at that point. But there are a lot of tools. I mean, I, I use voice dictation software. So if you get, you know, if, if you get a 200 page, you know, employment handbook from me, uh, it will have been dictated via dictation software. Uh, and what is going to happen in the future is as new policies come, uh, as new laws are presented, you might find that the first draft of that portion of the handbook is done with draft G, uh, with uh, Chat GPT. Uh, but we're, we're not quite at the point where you're where where you're where your very specific tailored letter is is coming out of um, Chat GPT. Just yes. be quite dangerous. Uh, I mean, there was a, you, you may recall the big kerfuffle in the United States. <laughs> Some law firm produced. Uh, a submission to the U.S. Supreme Court, yeah. which essentially didn't vet ChatGPT, uh, 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 and the information contained is garbage, and that's because there's garbage on the internet. So ChatGPT is being trained on very good information and very bad information. So in order to produce quality work, you have to know which is which. Linda's joining us as well, David. Um, do you use ChatGPT, Linda? Hi, Andrea. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I use it as a as a writer. I write fiction, um, fiction stories, um, and I use ChatGPT to help me with maybe writing a book description. I use it as a thesaurus, um, so if I'm stuck on a word or I feel like I'm overusing a specific word, I will just put it into ChatGPT and it will give me a list of suggestions. Um, so as a tool. I love it. I think it's brilliant. You do, like, if I get it to help me write a book description, I have to go back in and add the human voice. I have to go in and make sure that it's, you know, correct because it's my story. So I need to make sure it's correct and conveys the message that I want. But as a tool, it is, I think, very good um, and very useful. It saves so much time. Um, it's still a long way to go, I reckon. But, you know, we've always been using a, a form of AI in one way, shape or form, spell check mm. on your emails. And spell check's AI. brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. It, brilliant. It is. And ChatGPT really, I think, is the next generation. That we okay. either... One way to look embrace, at it, yeah, it's the new... We either embrace it or get and... left behind. Yeah. Even as an author, Linda? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you still have to go back in. Um, you, can, I, I have never used it to write for me um, because it can be very cold, very repetitive, um, and the you need the human voice with the feeling and the emotion. But as a tool, just like you would use a thesaurus to find, you know, different ways of saying something or different words and meanings and dictionaries. Um, spell check, editing, formatting, advice, you can use ChatGPT. Absolutely. Are many authors using it? I think there are a lot of authors. I, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm surprised at that, Linda, of all the professions. No. You know, and I, I don't know why. I mean, of course you'd embrace spell check and, and thesaurus as well, like anybody else. But I, I mean, just does this not like, does this mean that? On the rare occasion that I go out and buy a fiction book, like, and for other people that are regular readers, I mean, are we now going to be facing down the barrel of fiction stories and books all having such similarities? Yeah, I I think there are a lot of books, a lot of authors out there using it. Now, like I said, you cannot depend on ChatGPT or any AI at the moment 
to write it for you because it can be very repetitive um, and it can be very cold and you do have to add the human voice. But I don't think it will be long before it heads that way. Um, and I have no doubt when it comes to, like I said, I use it to help me with book descriptions, you know, the blurb on the back of the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's brilliant. You can get put in the right prompts and it's absolutely brilliant. It's not the final product because you do still have to go back in and finish it. But yeah, there's a lot of authors and there's a lot of, there's a lot of authors that will complain about it, that don't think it's, it's fair. They don't believe that it's, um, right to use that there's a lot of pushback amongst a lot of yeah. authors on GPT but I honestly do believe and many many people feel like me that if you don't use it if you don't embrace that you will get left behind because it's the way the world is going whether we like it or not yeah no I, I, I know and I don't want to like sound like I'm in the stone yeah. age is not embracing it but I just I, yeah. I suppose there are certain professions for which you know I thought maybe it would they'd be the, the very very last um, to to take on the use of chat GPT but I mean I, I've texted in from listeners uh, who say they're in the comms and, and media world and they too are very much yeah. using it at the moment what about you Robert do, do you use chat GPT or other AI sources? Yeah, I've, I've used it a l- only a little bit. Uh, I don't trust it because as you work with it, and I think everybody's been on, on, on the show has been very positive about it, but it still worries me uh, because it's a, it's, a, it's a software that continues to learn. So the more that's inputted, the more it's used, the more it learns. So it will eventually, I think, start to be able to write the legal letters. Uh, it will be able to start to write, to, to write stories that you won't be able to tell whether it's an AI story or not. So I, I'm quite opposed to it. I'm opposed to really the, the risk that ChatGPT, GDP and AI in general is, is posing to the creative industry, certainly. Um, and while it may not take blue-collar workers away at the moment, Anything involved with creativity and advertising mm. and media and film is going to be affected by AI quite soon. I sort of I share the same reservations, Robert, as you in all of this today. Like I've been quite fascinated by it because you know everybody has a, seems to have quite a positive experience of um, yeah. of using it. But I mean, I just, I, I, an example, yeah. two examples I have. One, a friend of mine is a uh, storyboard artist, so he creates uh, storyboard concepts for films, uh, works on some high-level movies like Interstellar and things like that. A director would typically ask him to write or, or draw, sorry, uh, a number of, of scenes, let's say a spaceship crashing on a, on a jungle planet. Uh, my friend would spend a couple of days drawing these concepts using his creativity, his art and his skill, but now AI will allow you to type that text in and within three minutes, there'll be 12 variations of that drawing. Uh, so once the industry starts seeing how easy it is to use, uh, people like uh, my friend will lose, really lose his income. Uh, he's no longer needed. Uh, another example is the ability for AI to do advertising campaigns for clothing. So mm. you, you could now simply do an advertising campaign using AI on the PC. And then you think about, well, what does that affect? Uh, So if you have a typical advertising campaign of of a clothing uh, shoot, for example, you've got locations, you've got stylists, you've got transport, you've got catering, you've got equipment hire, 
all those businesses are no longer required. So it's those people okay. in working those and then those businesses that support those businesses are all affected. Yeah, I think it was an interesting so, listening to, to David earlier, I think, wasn't it? David that used the, the description, he talked about it being a tool that provides assistance. But um, yeah, I think a lot of people share those same concerns that you do as well, Robert, about maybe the pace at which it's moving to. Lucy, are you a fan of ChatGBT? I am, I am. I must say it's been, um, well, a time saver for me. Uh, so I'm a branding and a web designer and I do a lot of blogging um, mainly for, for search engine optimization purposes. So what I use ChatGPT for is that I write my own blog, but then I put that into ChatGPT and then I ask ChatGPT to take that blog and um, from there give me, say, three LinkedIn posts. Um, you know, eight uh, Instagram posts or whatever. So it, the, the content, if you like, the original content is mine, but then I basically get it to do the work in terms of repurposing that. Um, or another way of doing that, uh, I have colleagues who do a lot of video and then they download the, they use AI to download the transcript of their video um, and then put that into ChatGPT and say, okay, out mm. from this video, please create a blog post or maybe two blog posts and then repurpose again for different social media platforms as well. So um, the content is original because you've written it or you've uh, spoken it <laughs> on video, but then you just use it as a tool um, for for basically just yeah the next the next step, which is how to get that same content out onto the different uh, you know or into your newsletter or however your your communication with your audience. So. Uh, super useful from that perspective. Yeah, it's fascinating, I have to say. Interesting text in from uh, from a listener who says, I enjoy using chat GPT. Um, I use it for fun, but I think it'll ultimately dumb down the population, just as Google Maps did. Who can read a map nowadays? Only older people. Keep them coming into us. 87 Um Lucy, thanks a million. David as well there and all the other listeners for getting in touch. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.